This is the 7 Figure Agency Podcast. Discover the strategies and techniques to grow a highly successful and profitable digital marketing agency with your host, Josh Nelson. All right. Well, hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's special session of this is part of the 7 Figure Agency Podcast, our agency success interview series where we interview successful agency owners from across the country. Uh, and today I'm super pumped to be interviewing Matt Platt. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So Matt runs a really successful agency north of seven figures serving the restaurant space, which is a really, really tough niche. Uh, Matt, why don't you just start with telling us a little bit about your background and how you got into the agency world? Okay. So got in radio advertising in 1999 and did really well out of the, out of the gate. My dad put me through what he called sales school, which apparently was unique. I didn't know because my dad's a salesman and entrepreneur, but the month leading up to my interview, because I had like a month notice of this interview for radio, he put me through a sales school and taught me how to sell. And he's a freak. He's the Michael Jordan of sales. He could literally, Josh, I'm not joking. If you ever get a call with him, he could sell you a membership to seven figure agency. And you'd be like, hold on, <laughs> Josh Nelson. So he taught me how to sell. I did really well in radio. Uh, six months into it, we got the idea that we were going to start a boat RV dealership as a side hustle. All three of us is just a family thing. We got $5,000 loan, uh, got a lot. And I bought a book on how to design websites and I'm not a tech person at all, but that was our, our, okay, if we're going to do this, my brother couldn't do it. My dad couldn't do it. I'll figure it out. So I, one of my radio clients sold, had his book in his place called Adobe page mill and it was a software and I bought it and built the website. And with fast forward, within three years, the business was doing about $6 million in sales with a uh, brick and mortar location. And we ended up getting it up to 15 million in annual sales, three locations, accidentally learned a lot about SEO. Uh, we had a, the same guy that sold me that came in. He was our IT guy at that point, 40 employees. We had a seven acre store and he came in and we had a virus all the time. And I thought Glenn was planting the virus. I'm like, bro, seriously, I'll just give you a check. Quit planting it. Because like, there's, that's like, you're the only, you're only one that benefits from this. He's like, man, it's not me, I promise. And it turns out he wasn't. But he's like, hey, I'm going to put a software on your computers. Every time your employees log in, they have to use their username and password. And you need to let them know that they're being tracked. We're going to figure out where the virus is going from. So long story short, he did it. We figured it out. We fired that lady. Uh, people wanted to date her after they found out what she was looking at. Different story. But we end up growing the, going on our way. Well, about 60 days after that, Glenn brings this binder. And I wish I still had it, man. I was gold. It was a binder about this thick. And it was a catalog of every website our employees were visiting. Now, remember, this is 2004, 2003, 2004. So this is pre-social media. Well, every website they were visiting were BassBoatCentral.com, camp, uh, AirstreamCampers.com, ATVs. They were all things, chat rooms about why we hired them to sell what we sell. We had all outdoorsmen working for us. And so I kind of tricked them. I pulled them all in. I reached out to all these chat rooms and bought sponsorships because that was a big thing. 500 bucks, exclusive Triton Bass Boat dealership for Kentucky. You just can't sell. You got to have your name, your phone number, your address, all this stuff on there. Well, I ended up doing it with about 17 sites. We ended up having a lot of our employees active. I mean, I'm talking crazy active. But long story short, within six months, we were the number one on this thing called Google for anything boat related, period. And so when I learned that, when I went to Yamaha, I was at a Yamaha convention and the head of Yamaha Marine, Ben Jarrett, walked up and said, Matt, what are you doing on this thing called Google? I'm like, it ain't me. I didn't do it because we were always breaking rules. And he's like, no, you're not in trouble. It was you. I'm like, okay, we probably did. What do you want to know? <laughs> and that's when I learned about backlinks. We literally had, you know, like our IT guy was telling me when he explained SEO to me, he's like, Matt, you're the, according to any search engine, you are the authority because you've got thousands of backlinks from credible sources and all of them have your website, your name, and they're all keyword stuffed because people are saying, Hey, why is my 21 foot Skeeter with a 250 Yamaha HPDI not running at 73 miles an hour. And then Sean Weeda gets in there and drops about the prop, the drag on the boat, the weight of the trolling motor. That's what Google loved. So I figured out digital marketing really quick. We put fire, we put through gas in the fire and blew up. By 07, I hated it. Me and my dad and brother had 40 plus employees. We were too leveraged with banks. It was stressful. It was all get out. Uh, and I was back into a lot of my radio clients I had stayed in touch with were asking me to consult for them. Mm. And so I was getting free cars, free landscaping, free food. And it was just like, like, this is fun. 
well, come end of 17 or 2007, I realized my wife and my mom get, came to me and my brother and my dad and said, hey, you guys need to talk to each other because you're not. Your dad hates this damn business. You hate the business. And my, your dad wants to retire. You want to go into marketing. And so that's what happened. I, I built my agency. I was fortunate that I had a contract from the Reds and Bengals for about 150 grand a year to do marketing or help them with stuff. And so I had, you know, that bridge, they say, that I could go from a successful company to my agency. Mm. Uh, and then from there, we just built from 2008 till 2000 and she celebrated her 10th year uh, two weeks ago with my agency. And we had just me and her, and we had 34 clients from 31 industries. And in April of 2015, I had one client that had two clients that were kind of connected, had nine restaurants. That was our only vertical we had, you know, we actually had, we didn't know what I know what the hell a vertical was. And so in that 2015, the client actually, you know, was giving me a hard time. We're spending about a million two on radio, TV, sports sponsorship for their restaurants. And anytime I spent 50 bucks on a Facebook ad, like you thought, you thought the world was ending. Like, this is stupid. You shouldn't be doing it. And so he said, okay, prove to me. He used to always say, I can't deposit likes. Matt, I can't go to U.S. Bank down the street and deposit the 5,000 likes that the people got last week. And I'm like, I don't disagree, but it's working better than the damn TV and so he said, prove to me. So we did a national pretzel day promotion, April 26, 2015. We did three Facebook ads for 50 bucks. We did three emails because they had three of the stores we did this with. It did 18 grand in trackable sales in one day. Wow. And I looked at it and said, crap, this is the first time in my professional marketing career that I've ever seen that type of attribution at that level. And so I just started digging into it. And so I spent all of 15 and 16 uh, building, I didn't know what it was then, but building funnels in that sense of, okay, this person saw a Facebook ad. How do I get their email? How do I give them an offer? How do I get them to come back for their birthday? And I met Billy Jean in the summer of 2016. I said, I met him. I saw his ad. I missed the webinar I signed up for. I bought the flash drive. I got the reminder sequence that I missed the webinar. I showed up to the, the webinar on a Sunday night, the replay, watched it for 90 minutes, went to bed. And my wife's like, what's wrong? Cause I'm never quiet. And like, you know, if you know me, you know that I'm not never moving. And I said, I'm scared. She goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I just got off a 90 minute webinar. She's like, yeah, I was confused. Like you're in your office. Like I, I walked, I kept looking in there and you were actually like not talking and you weren't doing that. You were looking at a screen, nothing else. I said, because I just saw it. I just figured out this Billy Jean guy. I just figured out how to do what we do at a huge level. And uh, I had to end up having a call with Billy's team that Wednesday, bought their training course on digital marketing, went to their event a couple, I guess, two months later in San Diego. And then from there, that was the first time I had ever realized this whole scaling thing and a vertical I had never heard. I, I didn't know I could. The first thing I had, Billy, I had a in-person meeting with him at Trafficking Conversions in uh, February of 17, which I think is where I met you for the first time. You mm -hmm. were sitting next to me and I'm naive. I'm just sitting there talking to this guy next to me in a green shirt. And next day I know you're on stage. I'm like, Oh, I know that guy. That's a guy who was sitting here. And so Billy, I had met with him. It was 17 or 18. I think when that one, but Billy's meeting was 17. And I met with him and he's like, well, dude, you've already figured out the scaling thing. Just go find a brewery in 50 markets. And you'll make a shitload of money. And I'm like, I'm not traveling these markets. And now I am ironically. And he's like, well, all you need to do is do this you know, online. I had never thought of selling via zoom and via phone calls. All my relationships were in person. And so ended up doing that, uh, you know, flash forward to 2017, 18, we started hiring a lot of employees, got out of you know, the way a little myself. And here we are, June of 2021, we've got 39 full and part-time people. Uh, we've got a 9,000 square foot building that we bought uh, four months ago where I'm sitting in my Mercedes Sprinter van. That's a mobile conference room and, you know, got all sorts of crazy stuff happening. That's awesome. So, so it sounds like transition from sales to running an RV dealership, running to this dealership, to going to the agency model, to, all right, rather than being a generalist, to kind of being a specialist in, in restaurants. How did you land on, on the restaurants as your, as your like main vertical? So I think the way I landed, I don't know exactly how. I think, honestly, it was an accident because... I had, when I looked at my client list, like back then, if I look back to 2015, we had 34 clients from 34, 31 verticals. I had one guy that had 50 car, 45 car dealerships at the time. And we did all of their social media, all their review management. 
you know, we had chiropractors, we had, I mean, you literally, you name it, commercial hardware, commercial construction, home builders, we had everything. And I realized the one thing that Billy really taught me and, and I, and even more with you, cause you took it to the next level and you and your team uh, and even the community was that I wasn't able to reuse what I was doing successfully at every stop. I was recreating the wheel because nothing transferred from a cardio to a chiropractor, to a GNC store, to a carpet cleaner, to a restaurant. And when we had success with the restaurants, I just sat back and look at my client list and Billy had said, Hey, you need to pick. So I picked three. I picked golf courses. I picked restaurants and I picked boat and RV dealerships because I knew boat and RV dealerships really well. Uh, I already owned a golf. I had another golf company I owned as well. And I thought, man, this would be a good piggyback. And then restaurants, we had nine of them. And I said, well, worst case scenario, I control all of their ad budgets. I'm just going to make sure that their ad budgets all go to creating what I think should happen. And so that was kind of the best thing that ever happened to me. And the worst thing that happened because that first 18 months of being a restaurant agency, quote unquote, the decision maker who who decided how successful stuff was and how awesome it was, was Matt Platt. I was the marketing director. I was in charge of every penny for all of our restaurant clients. And so when I went out to the street to actually sell to people who weren't Matt Platt, it, the messaging didn't make sense because they didn't value what I did. So it put behind about a year. I had to figure that out. But that was a big part of it was having more restaurants to play with. Uh, the other mm-hmm. part of it, I looked at all of our clients and said, you know, when we had the boat business, the struggle was it was every three years somebody bought something if we were lucky. And I, I said, okay, I'm really good at getting people to give me their information via you know, digital marketing. Who needs it the most? Well, the car dealer, you know, you buy a car every couple of years. Nobody really gives a shit about the car dealership. It's the deal you get. But the restaurants of all our clients, the place that people went back to a lot were golf courses and restaurants. And so I got rid of the boat and RV dealership and so I'm going golf course and restaurants. And the first year I had, I think we had at one point like 19 uh, boat or 19 restaurants and we had I don't know, six or seven golf courses. Mm-hmm. And then on accident, an agency training bloomed off of that, which was a whole other world. And I had to make a decision. Billy kept telling me, get rid of everything, cancel your agency, get rid of the agency training, get rid of the golf course idea, go with restaurants to be done with it. And of course, I'm like, dude, I know better. I can hustle more. And I did. I just worked hundred hour work weeks. And I got to a point where I eventually sold my golf company, realized the golf vertical wasn't for us and then went restaurants. And then now, I mean, we still have our agency. We have five clients, traditional clients, and it worked out because one of them does basement uh, water removal. And we had a leak in our sump pump on a torrential downpour Saturday morning. So I was able to call him and he fixed it. And the other one is an air conditioning company and they put three new air conditioners in our building. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. But I picked, I think just Josh to answer your question is uh, the fact that they need data more than anything. People can eat at restaurants two, three, four times a week they need a plumber once every six months or a year. Right. So kind of the repetitive nature of the industry um, and the fact that you already had nine restaurants and you kind of had some wins under your belt that you could, you could draft on. Um, how many restaurants are you guys working with now, approximately? Uh, I'd say between all the brands we work with and their locations, there's upwards of 300 or so. Nice. Because there's some of them, that, like one guy's got like, it's weird in our end because like some of them will run like 20 restaurants will run under one program. But then other 20 restaurants are all 20 programs. So it's, I should probably know the number, but I haven't paid attention much the last six months to that part of it, but it's, it's 300 plus. Somewhere, somewhere in that range. And I know that over the last nine months, you've had some really good momentum in terms of growth and revenue. Like yeah. what, what were some of the things that you changed that helped to get that velocity, you know, to kind of push you over the seven figure mark? So one of the biggest things that, that happened, and I'll, cause I want to put him on camera and then let him go back in the trade show is Billy Jean kept telling me to hire, hold your tool up. What is your tool you use? A camera. Camera. That's David, by the way. So Billy kept telling me because I he knows I like video. I have no issue with it. I can get on video anywhere. Uh, I haven't gone to shower yet, which we have a funny idea for a shower video, by the way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, you don't got it. <laughs> I'll be in close. But he kept saying, hire a video person. Hire a video person. Have them follow you. Chronicle the journey. Tell your story create better video versus the crappy video you create. And I hired David January of last year. And we had a, we had a goal of 
my podcast. I, everybody's got podcasts. Like I don't want to do a Zoom podcast. I want to. I don't want to look like I'm in my mom's basement on headphones. I want to, you know, go in person. So we literally started the podcast, and we started it before COVID hit, and we shot nine episodes end of February in person. COVID hit, and everybody when everybody stopped, I'm like, ah, screw it. If I if I get a cold, I get a cold. And so we never stopped traveling. And that was probably the biggest thing. We never stopped what we were doing. I think, um, I think uh, Jaime asked me at your, uh, your mastermind in December of, what, what year is this? What the hell was that? 2020. Probably 2020. Yeah, 2020. When we were in Miami, he said, what was one of the things you did that helped you grow during the pandemic with restaurants when other restaurants you shut down? We didn't stop. We put it in high gear. I mean, I, I invested $150,000 in four months last summer. Uh, I, I've doubled down, tripled down on everything. And so I think yeah. the biggest thing was we didn't stop and we put the foot on the gas and we went everywhere. And, you know, this trip's a great example of it because the fact like I'm in here talking to the head of Cisco and he's like, dude, we do these blitzes where they literally will bring in a vendor and take them to every restaurant possible, 8 a.m. to midnight. Here's who it is. Here's why you need to work with them. And here's how Cisco's going to incentivize you to work with them. Jeez. He's like, Matt, we've never seen a cool product. Like nobody's got a, you know, the, the, a wrapped Mercedes van and a video crew. And you got a, a, we have a media side, which I'll talk about later. We created a media company called America's Best Restaurants. We're creating our own channel, creating our own place that people go, well, shit, they, we got to work with them. But it just was that, that element of it. Want to head back in there? Yep. Cool. Thanks, brother. Yep. So, so one was kind of doubling down on content, having a full-time videographer there to kind of shoot video with you. Um, what else would you say are some things that have helped kind of accelerate the growth uh advertising you know it's it's weird because i don't think we're the ironically my whole sales pitch to restaurants is we have what i think is one of the most trackable programs on the front end of marketing for restaurants out there we're not very good at tracking our own but i can tell you that where we spend money i can see it work i mean we spent massive amounts of money last june july and august and it wasn't, it wasn't a coincidence that, you know, August, September, October were three of the biggest months we had ever had. And I think the, the, the problem with a lot of what I've seen with, with agencies and even Matt Plapp, I remember the first time I saw, I was back 2015, I was talking to a buddy of mine. I said, man, I've got to up my game. I've got to find a place where people like me are at. And I've got to go to a, I got to go to like a conference. And I found, so never forget it. Cause I was talking to a guy named Rob McCracken and can you hear me? Okay. By the way, computer yep. weird. and I was talking to Rob. He's like, you go, I'm like, I'm definitely going. Well, then I logged in and saw the ticket was like two grand. And then I did the math on flying and hotel. And I'm like, even though I was making a quarter million dollars with one employee, cause we did well, I was a cheap ass and I didn't value number one. I didn't have a coach like yourself. I didn't have a community and I, I just didn't invest and I didn't go. And eventually when I went and saw Billy and saw that, that first event I went to, and when I heard about TNC, I went to it. I literally booked the ticket, bought the ticket within a week, flew out there. At that point on, I've just gotten to a point, you know what? I'm going to spend myself till I'm bankrupt if I have to, to get myself in the right places. Because, you know, like a lot of people say, cash in the bank is fine, but if you can invest it, it's a hell of a lot better. And I think that's been our biggest thing is we invest money. I mean, we've, you know, this vehicle, these trips, I mean, I've got four employees with me here. You know, I'm gone. I'm home. My wife and kids are with me a couple of the trips. That's pretty cool to be able to take them. But I'm, I think I'm going to be in our office two days between past Sunday until July 25th. Jeez. And it's not, it's, you know, it's tiring, but I'm investing. I know where it's going. And this commitment has already landed us. I got a meeting this Friday. I won't mention his name, but the guy's a huge television personality who wants to help partner with us and be our spokesperson for the restaurant consumer brand uh, to help us do some bigger things. I've got another person who already called me twice in the last two days. Who's a client who's multimillionaire in the restaurant space. Very, very, very well connected. Uh, he wants to fund the next investing, investing money, investing in Matt Plapp, investing in uh, marketing, putting us out there. And that's a scary thing because you know, we all look at it, but I think a lot of us don't do what we, we preach to our clients. When I was an agency up until three years ago, I'm telling all my clients to advertise, 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 collect data, collect data, get out there, grassroots, do this. And I'm sitting in my house by my pool on a Zoom call with them. 
Yeah, so it sounds like um, the, the, the willingness to be live and in person has been big for you. It's like getting to the restaurants, getting in front of them, um, and aligning with joint ventures, I think, is what's going to accelerate you to that next level 10 times faster as well. Yeah, I, I looked at the one thing we did, we, we sucked at accounting. We sucked at money. I mean, we were doing 15 million a year in sales and we were spending 15. I mean, we were, I was young and arrogant uh, and didn't know what I didn't know. But I like my one accountant told me, is like, Matt, the master's degree you got in the streets and the hard knocks is better than my Ivy League master's. He's like, so don't discount what you did then. Your failure then is your success now. Uh, but when I look at what we did back then, this has really got me thinking about this a year ago. I was talking to my dad and we're best friends. And I said, dad, what did we do so well at Plaps? He said, we marketed. I said, okay, how did we market differently? We went to the boat shows. We went to uh, fishing tournaments. Back then there were typically most of our competitors went to one boat show, the Cincinnati boat show. I'm looking where we're at. I'm like, okay, well, there's nobody that sells. We had 17, we had like 15 to 20 boat lines that we carried our RV lines. So we had a lot of flexibility. There were 17 shows within four hours where we live. None of our competitors went to more than one. I'm like, screw it. We're going all 17. And so we did. And my, my, uh, my life sucked. Somebody said, what was our profit margin? Now we were about 12 to 18% typically. Uh, but that, that was the front end, you know, Matt Plapp also had seven vehicles for the company. <laughs> so we, we had other problems there, but we went to 17 shows from the day after Christmas until the end of March, we did 17 shows. Our biggest competitor did one to two. And so we did that. The other part of it, I said, what else did we do that was successful? I wasn't a fisherman. I'm not a fisherman now. I wasn't a fisherman. We had the dealership, but we sold the number. We had Triton and Skeeter bass boats, number one and number three bass boats sold back then. And these fishing tournaments all had happened every week. So I went out and realized, okay, there's about a thousand fishing tournaments. Let's go to every single fishing tournament we can. So we bought a 53 foot fifth wheel trailer that was a mobile store and a stage on the side for the tournaments to do the awards. And we bought a 28 footer that got pulled behind a Hummer we had. We went to fishing tournaments. We were visible. Everybody bought boats from Plaps because we supported their tournaments. So then that got me thinking. I'm not, we have not been great at lead generation, which is funny. Like my third book is delivered to the hotel in about 26 minutes, I'm told. Nice. Uh, right around noon, 36 minutes. And I've got so much content that we should have leads just pouring in. But I think the restaurant world's a different person. They aren't as active as, you know, you and I are, or the concrete guys, like my CrossFit gym, I'm an owner of, you know, the CrossFit gym owners I know are all on Facebook and Instagram all damn day. If you want to run ads to reach CrossFit gym owners, easy as shit. For whatever reason, we have not done well with online lead generation. We've grown the business to seven figures, but I don't want seven figures. I want a $100 million company in five years. And when I looked at how to get there, I said, we've got to go to the restaurants. We've got to become the authority. And I, I looked at it and said, there's two people that are the authority right now. Yelp and restaurant owners hate them, but consumers, they have the consumer's eyeballs. And like diners, drive-ins, and dives, the TV shows, restaurant owners love them. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports and the Pizza Reviews. He's got the restaurant owner's attention. I'm like, how do I combine it? We're going to do a road trip. We're going to put six vans on the road in 12 months, and we're going to physically go, and we're going to go every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday where that van travels the different cities, and here we are. So good. Cool, cool stuff there for sure. Um, before we dive into the strategy on kind of how you're attracting clients and kind of what that play is, because I think that's really exciting. Um, what, like, what is it that you do for your clients? You've got these 300 plus restaurants, just high level, walk us through, like, what is it that restaurant marketing that works does um, kind of what you charge for that? Yeah. So right now our services per location are 1250 bucks a month, plus a $500 startup fee, plus ad spend, plus software. Uh, so we use a software called MiniChat. We're in the process of creating our own software that'll be done late this year. So every client that buys our software is buying my other company, Database Dynamite, uh, because I want them to own the data. I don't want to have any of my hands on it. So they have their own account. It's theirs, kind of like a MailChimp account almost. Uh, we they The Facebook spend is directly, or Facebook or Instagram spend is directly on them. We put on their card, it runs for them. But our, our core competencies are, are two things. Number one, acquiring uh, people 
So they've got Facebook, they've got Instagram, they've got a website, they've got in-store marketing. They've got people that are seeing their concept. Well, how do we get those people to give us their name, phone number, email and birthday? The next part of it is how do we use the data? So before COVID hit, we were mainly acquisition. Hey, we're going to help run your digital marketing. We're going to give you stuff for inside your restaurant. And we're going to help give you some tools on your, on your website and your grassroots tools that you go and use at events to get people to opt into an email text birthday program. When COVID hit, I never had a content team because I'm like, we're not in that business. It's a lot of work. The restaurants can create their own content. When COVID hit, I realized that one, before COVID, they weren't using the data we were giving them anyways. So they weren't taking that. We we're giving like one restaurant, 18,000 emails and cell phone numbers over a 14 month period before COVID. They had never sent out an email or text. And I'm like, I just gave you a Ferrari and you took the wheels off it and put it in a shed. And they're like, we don't have time. Well, then when COVID hit, they sure as heck didn't have time. So we, when we, when COVID hit last March, I mean, everybody's business, everybody got rocked. The restaurant business got rocked big time for about eight weeks. We only lost uh, two clients in the entire process. Uh, we lost less than 0.05 of our revenue. Uh, we had a 28% dip in revenue because they couldn't pay their bills. But I told every one of them, you're not canceling. We'll work for free until you can pay us. Don't worry about me. I got plenty of money. I told them all of that. So I'm not being arrogant. I've got money in the bank. My employees are fine. You need help. We're going to help you free up charge until you can help, until you can pay. And they were like, man, thank you. And so we kept our clients and they stayed on the books afterwards. But during COVID, I said, I told our team, I said, hey, guys, two things. Number one, your jobs are safe. I learned this when we had our boat dealership that we didn't do a good job of communicating openly and honestly. I told our employees how much money I had in the bank with the business and personally and said, your paychecks are secure for at least a year. So don't worry about that. I said, number two, our restaurant clients need your help. So whatever you can do over time to help them with emails and texts and Facebook and Instagram and Google and Yelp, whatever, do it. 100% you're at their disposal. And when we did that, it helped. I had a client call me one time crying and said, dude, we're up 18%. We're a barbecue restaurant that was 95% dine-in a month ago. We have zero dine-in. We're up 18%. The only reason we're up 18% is your team. Wow. He said, because you helped us get our message out. You gave us advice. And then you took that database that we built and you used it. We had we have clients who are sending emails and texts every day. And so it was like, hey, we're going to hit the women on Monday. We're going to hit the men on Tuesday. We're going to hit your lost customers on Wednesday, your frequent customers Thursday, your new customers Friday. You know, we just went down the list. And so when COVID started coming around, like, well, I guess it, when, it, when it, people started opening up a little in July, August, I told our team, hey, guys, we got to shift to content. We've got to create a content department because why are we building this database nobody's using? And so now we're at 39 people full. I think we actually hired one more person yesterday. I think I heard because uh, Ashley's involved with, in charge of that now. But I think we've got like 40 people or so now that are most of them are doing content. So it's like, hey, we're, we're building the database. And in the back end, we're helping you use it. That's awesome. That's been a big transition too on our part is we used to have this objection a year ago. We, we had this objection a year ago. I've got a loyalty program. I've got an app. And they looked at us kind of as competition. And I'm like, well, you help get people into an email program that gets what I call traffic sources to their other tools they currently have. Nice. So it sounds like it's a combination of running Facebook ads and database management and database engagement and offers. And it's 1200 bucks a month and you manage all of that for them in a yeah. nutshell. Yeah, and there, we, we, we have three main places we help them. Social media is one, uh, in-store is two, and their web presence is three. Because I don't want to be, we, we got into a, 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 we got pigeonholed a couple years ago into the Facebook restaurant people. And I'm like, well, we also do stuff on Google. We also do stuff in your store. We also help with your website. We help with your current database. So we, we, we have what we call five inroads. There's five ways to gain customers' data. Social media is one of them because I know at some point Facebook's going to go away. Instagram's going to go away. Something else is going to come about. So I don't want to be a one trick pony. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, awesome. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about kind of the new cool things you're up to, to get in front of these restaurants, because um, I know restaurants is one of the hardest verticals there is. Um, you know, like you mentioned, the Facebook ads to generate opportunity has been hit or miss. 
cold calling a restaurant is almost like a dead end because they're so busy. They're not answering the phones. Um, talk to us a little bit about this new strategy that you're doing and, and kind of, you know, why, why you are so confident it's going to, it's going to be a game changer. Yeah. So real quick, I saw somebody asked in the chat what my profit margins are. We are operating right now at 38%, uh, 38% of what, you know, what comes in stays in the company bank account. So I'll give you the vision. I guess I'll go outside real quick and show it to you. Sweet. Let's see. How do, how do I turn my camera around? It's freaking bright out here. And so for those of you that were wondering why it's a little choppy, you know, Matt's literally on the road in a, in a van. Um, check it out. So this is uh, Piedmont Gas. It's a the gas comp, natural gas company locally, but it's also a huge kitchen that Cisco has partnered with. So there's a couple hundred restaurant owners inside. That's where all these cars are, hmm. is restaurant owners, because this was empty when we got here this morning. And we're the one of only two companies that's not food oriented. So we did the van two ways. Let's give you a little trick here. We did it orange and blue. My colors are orange, our, our colors are orange and blue. But I wanted it where if you see me go down the road on this side, you see a blue van. If you see it driving down the other way, we're coming back from the interview, and you see an orange van, you're like, oh, there's another van from that company. And so the uh, concept of this van is, number one, a mobile office, is that we're, we're actually, we've created a media company, a little different, America's Best Restaurants, is a restaurant media company that we own that we're creating consumer facing. And there's my big ugly mug. There's QR codes to scan and get my book. There's a QR code on the back to scan and opt in. Cause one thing we'll do, I'll tell you in a minute, it's called our first stop location. We're leaving this in towns for five days at a time in between our trips. And we're having restaurants where we, for 250 bucks, we advertise the vans at their restaurant to consumers, go scan this for a chance for a gift card. Mm. And so we've got some lead magnets. It's got the whole front of its wrapped as well. Front. The top top was uh, actually more expensive than anything else, it seemed like. But yeah. we wanted that for the drone footage. Let me get back in the van. Nice van, too. Super, super classy on the inside. So it's beautiful. It was a uh, it was a year old limo that I guess I'm guessing went out of business for COVID. But it's got all audio video. It's got two TVs. It's got the starlight ceiling like the Rolls Royces have. Mm. It's got a, ref a refrigerator, a wine cooling bottle. <laughs> it's got some stuff we don't need. Wow. But my vision with this was I was looking at it. And I, I came up with kind of an internal saying was I was going to take the funnel to the restaurants. Was that if we suck at online acquisition and I'm spending five to 10 grand a month on Facebook ads incoming and some on Google and some on uh, other places. Well, shit, what's it cost me to buy a $100,000 vehicle? What's it? The wrap was 10400 bucks, So it's not cheap. But I started looking at it. And I also thought, what's different? What is nobody else doing? And I can tell you, the minute I did this and Cisco heard about it, they called me and said, hey, we heard you're doing something. We want to see it. And that's why it's here. And, you know, like you said, it's classy. It's Mercedes. That's one of the reasons I also went with Mercedes and not the Ford. I could have went three ways with this. I went Mercedes because even though it's pretty damn similar to the Ford version, it's got a little different viewpoint. Um, but my big thing was how do I, how do I stand out? We're not your typical, like one of my clients say like, Matt, you're not your typical restaurant marketing company. You know, a lot of the agencies that call on restaurant clients of ours, this was another huge company called performance food group. They're, they're, they're what you were five years ago, two and three employees, handful of clients do a good job, but you're a different animal. And the other part of it, I also thought was you guys have all, you've seen diners, drive-ins and dives, Guy Fiorini. If Guy was in there shooting that restaurant and he looked at Josh Nelson, who owns the seven figure burrito and said, Josh, I want you to come outside to the motorhome. I want to show you what we do for restaurants. 10 out of 10 people are going to the motorhome and 10 out of 10 are going, here's my credit card. And so I okay. thought, what if I create that? Well, America's best restaurants. I've had it for a few years. We've never really didn't know what to do with it. Didn't have the money, didn't have the manpower. Well, now that I'm not involved in the agency, I take one to two phone calls a week with clients, with my account managers. I don't build anything. I, my, my managers all call me. I have five key managers. One of them called me today, text me, hey, you got five minutes? What's up? Talk to him. He handles it. So I'm not involved in the agency anymore that I can do different stuff and put my time out here. But I looked at it and said, what if, you know, I look big picture. You know, I want to create 
the biggest restaurant marketing market. Crossed that, oh shit, well, I got to do business with them. You know, why wouldn't I? And so that's, that was my, my big goal with it. And then I decided, okay, well, how can we, if we're going to go on the road, how can we do this efficiently? And I've thought about motorhomes. I also figured out that okay, I can't be the only person because if I'm the only person, that means I got to travel every week. So I looked at my team, Doug on my team's a former college broadcaster. He worked in radio 27 years, but the first like 10 years, he was a college broadcaster. He is amazing on camera. And I'm like, well, hell, I don't have to be the star of the show, Doug. Luis on my team is in Chicago. He's cool as shit. He's not a white dude, which is I'm trying to get our, our audience diversified from our on, on air because it's all white guys, it seems like always. And not all white guys, just we need a little mixture. And so I'm like, Luis is Puerto Rican. He's hilarious. Clients love him as an account manager. I'm like, hey, guess what, Luis? Every three weeks you're traveling with the van and a camera crew and an employee and you're the host. And so we've got two other people in the pipeline. Uh, and so by the end of the year, we'll have more than likely four vans at this point. I had two. I was Our second one's coming in in a couple months. Uh, but I had a client who's got nine restaurants. I don't know if I told you this. Now. He called me. Uh, he wants to get two vans on the road by the end of the year because he wants to do a, a joint venture on it. He wants to do a JV on those vans because he wants to help us. He franchises restaurants. And he wants to help us franchise America's best restaurants so that I can have 150 vans on the road. And my marketing agency is fulfilling everything those vans have. Wow. So I love the idea. So the concept is you're going to a city, you've got pre-scheduled appointments with these restaurants. It's not a sales call. It's a, we want to feature you on America's best restaurants via video. Um, are they paying for this? Like, how do you structure that part of the deal? So originally the concept was, and by the way, when we show up, we've all, we have one phone call with them and they're recommended by either a franchise group we work with because uh, we have a lot of franchises or they're recommended by Cisco or a food company. Like Cisco's already got a, given me a list of the top 100 clients that fit our bill for North and South Carolina. That's just two states. And so our, our goal is 15 restaurants a week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We fly in on Tuesday. The team Ubers are where the van's at. From the van, we film uh, four restaurants that day, seven the next day, four the next day. We, we drive the van to the next city. We drop it off at the first restaurant on the next one. So we're two weeks already scheduled and then we fly back. Well, when restaurants get, we get on a phone call with them to pre-qualify them. Once we pre-qualify them and once they're qualified, we schedule a Google meet and that Google meet is what we call it. It's a needs analysis, it's an attention audit. Here's what America's best restaurants is. And we're completely 100%. We have two divisions. Our entire company, company goal is to help restaurants find frequent customers. How do we do it? ABR does it as a consumer facing media company. We're going to market your restaurant and tell people why they eat your restaurant. It's going to take long term for that to get big time, but it's a start right now. Number two is restaurant marketing that works. That is our digital marketing agency that we own that works with hundreds of restaurants nationwide and can tell you exactly how to get your app off the ground, how to get more people in your email, how to get this. And so we're, we're telling them from both sides and they know it. We're also doing an, a needs analysis and an audit on that call. And we're letting them know that here's the agenda. If you agree to us, come to your restaurant, there's no cancellations because we're in town. We're doing 15 places. This is a big deal. There's no cancellations. And if you can't make it, somebody better got shot in a drive-by and then you send your wife to come do it. And the next one is we have a five-minute pre-shoot meeting in the van. And we go our 15-minute, we go over what we're going to cover on the TV behind me. Here's what, here's what it looks like. They've already gotten a box in the mail with an agenda, everything. We then go in the restaurant for 30 minutes and shoot. We come back out and we show you how our marketing firm and America's Best Restaurants can help you. Now we're in the process of tweaking that a little because uh, this is a test. I mean, we're, we're testing AB. I'm thinking we're going to move to where people, the whole package, when we come, you get our monthly, our services for two months, everything. There's no cost. Because I'm like, you know what? If I'm in front of 15 restaurants every week and I look forward to a year from now, and we got six vans. We will have six vans road in a year at 15 a pop. That's 30. That's 120 restaurants we're in front of. Why risk some of them saying no, make it irresistible. Here's what you get for 60 days for us coming and being, you being featured. And here's what we need. Facebook access. You display the in-store kit. You put this code on your website 
and you put 400 bucks in Facebook ads behind it. One of my ultimate goals is to get to a point where we fund that. You don't do shit. Make, take away every single possible objection. Because at that point, we're going to over-deliver. We are the best at what we do. Let's say we only get 40 of the 120. Do the math at 1,200 bucks. You know, that's 50, 000, you know, $55,000, $60,000 a month times 12, you know, over every month growing and growing and growing. I mean, it's eight figures. Yeah. Amazing, amazing stuff. And it's interesting we're doing this right at this point in time because it'll be cool to look back on this interview 12 months from now because this is innovative. It's very different. It has not been done in, I don't think, any industry, let alone restaurants. Um, and I, I cannot poke any holes in it. I love the idea you're in front of these restaurants. You're coming in with value in advance. We're going to shoot this video. We're going to feature you on this platform. Now you've got their attention. You're plugging them into your service. Um, it'll be interesting to see 12 months and watch this interview because right now it could go could go either way. It seems like it could go well um, to really see what the what the outcome is because I think it's going to be a slam dunk. Well, and you, your your holes you poked in it were accurate. Number one, can you afford to give away that much on the front end? Because it's a it's I mean this this right here. I mean me being here right now. I'm not working in my business. I'm you know in I'm got three employees down here. I mean, it's expensive to a lot find of money. people. I mean, we got a big outlay. And then the other side of it is, okay, let's say I'm completely right on this. Can my team handle another 60 to 80 restaurants in there? Like, hell, I was inside an hour ago talking with the one big guy from Cisco here. And he's like, Matt, you tell me how many you can do. Because if you're going to be here those two weeks, if you want to go seven days a week, seven to midnight, the restaurants will love it. You, you just tell me what your capacity is. I mean, we could literally in certain times do a lot more. I've already told my wife, like I'm, I'm a family guy. I won't miss my, my kids sporting events. And my daughter's birthday is today. We celebrated it Saturday, but I mean, it was just that she knows the opportunity. Um, but we, you know, I go to their sporting events. I do that stuff. And I'm like, you know what? If I can fly somewhere Tuesday morning and be back Thursday night, I'll do it 52 weeks a year if it takes to get to a different level. Because that's at the end of the day, Josh, that's what I think, what I found bigger than anything during pandemic. Now everybody's got certain people have certain things. There are certain things that people couldn't do. I get it. Uh, but a lot of the people I know could have done, could have kept exactly what they're doing. But it was an easy excuse to stop. It was an easy excuse. Oh, you can't fly. Like I had friends of mine go, well, how are you flying? I'm like, I'm on a plane. Well, what do you mean? You can still fly? I'm like, yeah, the airports are open. The airport's never closed. Kroger, clo Kroger didn't close. The restaurant's closed. But the airport's never closed. And I, you know, I never had a client. I never had a client that didn't want to meet us in March, April, May, June, July. I think the only thing holding us back is ourselves and our belief in ourselves. And then also risk. I'm not risk adverse. I don't give a shit. I've had times. I mean, I've not I've been fortunate since I was 21. I've not made below six figures. I can also tell you I've had years where I made a half million dollars that there was $50 in my bank account because I risk it. And I'm like, you know what? I've made it before. I'll make it again. You know, this is a six figure gamble here. I'm already moving fast. I've, based on the conversations I've had today and yesterday, and I'm having in Tampa on Friday, I think we'll have four vans by December 1st in, in flow. And it's kind of scary because I mean, that, that means I've got somewhere in the neighborhood of a 75 to $80,000 a month outlay for four vans to be running operationally and doing their thing. But I'm also like, shit, that could also mean a $10 million influx in, in 12 months. Yeah, for sure. So uh, another thing you're doing that I think a lot of the, of the listeners could, could really tap into is this whole idea of aligning with the people that already sell to your industry. So Matt works with restaurants. Who sells to restaurants? The people that provide the food, the people that provide the equipment, the, you know, the, the things like that. Cisco obviously is at the very top of that food chain. Um, and in any vertical, these types of opportunities exist. I'd be curious to see how, like, how do you look at those opportunities? How are you able to align with, with a massive, you know, opportunity like Cisco in your space? The, the tough part about that, it comes with them seeing something they haven't seen. The Cisco mm. deal came by two things. I won't say this from an egotistical sample, but it came by two things. The fact that one of the people who's friends with Cisco was telling them how I have a Lamborghini. Mm. literally i've made cock there's i don't that stands post out right that stands you, out 
if you look on Facebook, you look on Instagram, you will not see a picture of me personally with the Lambo. I don't, who gives a shit? And I've got friends of mine that are struggling to pay their mortgage. They don't need to see my jackass in the Lamborghini. But there's also people that are at this event. The guy I met with yesterday has two McLarens. And the, one, of the, one of the things he loves is that. So when you, when you get to a certain level, there are certain things that people show. Uh, the other thing was the van. When they saw my vision, and I tell everybody, like, I've got my vivid vision. You know, I don't know if you guys have that or not, but I've got a vivid vision from the book. And a lot of this comes from also Josh. But in here, I've got, well, somewhere, I've got a copy of our vivid vision for our company. That's eight pages long. That's audacious. We're going to have a company beach house. We're going to own a restaurant in three years. We're going to have a bat indoor basketball court at the company. We're going to have this culture. We're going to have these services. When they see that, they don't see it anywhere else. Uh, so I think that that attracts the higher level. The, but it, that all came from the lower level as well. So the biggest thing I did in the past 24 months was uh, Russell Brunson's book, Expert Secrets. So there's a guy inside right now named Gabriel. Uh, last May, Gabriel saw my post on Facebook, which is funny. I call him Gabe. And every time I realized today, every time he introduced himself, he says Gabriel. And I'm like, huh, I always call him Gabe. But Gabe started as an intern last May. Saw a Facebook post. I bought Russell Brunson's book, Expert Secrets. Read it. If you're wanting to be an influencer in this, read it. Because what I read from his book is the opposite of what I always did. I always went after my top 100 restaurants. And he's like, no, go after the top 100 people that have your restaurants. The Cisco's, the Performance Food Groups, the Prestos, the, the U.S. Foods, the GFS's. So I, I, I read the book. I said, shit, I can't do this. So I put an ad out. Luckily, I found Gabe. Gabriel, he applied as an intern. He did it for three months. And his entire job was like, we came up with a list of everybody that had a podcast or a book in the restaurant space. And we bought it. I've got literally 200 books. I've got my Amazon account every day. I get notifications. Something's being shipped. Something's being shipped. Well, here's the cool part. Gabe now has an intern. So Gabe came on last May, helped me build my dream 100 funnel, which is I do, you've seen him. I do a weekly interviews. I've got one tomorrow. I've got one Friday where I interview authors and podcasters in the restaurant space. Half of them aren't great. Half of them don't have connections. I never pitch any of them. They all always, after three or four conversations, go, dude, is this what you do? And I'm like, yeah, why? Why didn't you tell me? I mean, you need to know. And then it, that makes the relationship different because everybody else, every other agency, is calling that guy. Hey man, I got to share what we do for restaurants. Hey, you can refer us. I'll give you a kickback. None of that ever comes up. And so Gabe last summer became a paid employee. Uh, he's not an intern anymore. He's an employee now. He's in college. He's a sophomore college. He's a genius. And he's now got an intern named Ben. And Ben took all the, the stuff Gabe did last summer off his plate. Now Ben, Gabe is in charge of the abruniversity.com website that we're rolling out. He's in charge of the webinars and he's in charge of my in-person events. I'm hosting starting late July in our new building in the room called ABR University, where we're going to have restaurant oriented focus groups every month with these experts. And my thought is, okay, we've, we found about 35 of them that are awesome. If those 35 get to love Matt Plapp and what we do, and because we're helping them get their word out, I'll eventually get in front of their customers. I love it. So it's kind of the, um, the joint venture strategy on steroids. You're not just reaching out to joint ventures, you're creating a strategy to really hand select them and to feature them on your podcast. And again, everything you do from what I can see is leading with value. You're coming in, here's how I can help you. Here's how I can feature you. Here's how I can make you look better. Um, and in, in you know, just the, the basic law of reciprocity, they're like, oh, well, that was awesome. Like, how do I help you? How do I get involved in your services? How do I plug you into my network? Um, I think that's that's a powerful, powerful explanation of like, how do we look at these things? It's not just reach out to Cisco and say, hey, um, I want to sell to all your restaurants because that's never going to work, right? It's leading with value. It's coming at it from a different angle. And, and you know, that's how these types of opportunities blossom. And another thing too is you, you standing out. Like what I told, I tell everybody our vision. I tell the most random people. You know, and, and, and part of it, my dad always taught me, tell everybody everything. Because number one, when you tell them, you're committed to it. I'm going to have six fans. I say it all the time. 12 months, six fans. I keep saying it, I keep saying it. I'm going to convince myself that we're going to do it. But then also, you're, Matt, where's the sixth van? 
where's the fifth? You know, and the sixth one, by the way, is going to be a 40 foot diesel pusher motorhome that's going to have a trailer to be able to pull my Lambo and a Jeep in it. So my wife and kids can go with me on a lot of trips and then I can have the cars and do a little, have some fun. But the big thing too, with these vendors like Bruce Nelson, I interviewed Bruce last uh, Friday. Bruce is an author in the restaurant space. He's the controller for eight restaurants. I've not asked Bruce to do business yet. I won't. If he needs it, he'll find me. But when him and I are talking, I did, we're doing what's called deep dives. Every Wednesday, we do our expert interview. It's the first time I've talked to him. Fridays, if we think your content's deep enough, let's go to the next level. And then we have monthly webinars. But also, when I told him that, hey, by the way, here's what ABR University is going to be. Our first event's in late July. Every month, end of the month, we're going to have an event. And we're going to pay for you to come in. We're going to fly you in hotel. You'll have, uh, we'll have cars because we're going to have, we're getting a couple cars wrapped locally to have as uh, courtesy cars when people come in town. But I'm going to make it to where guys like that come in, speak to 20 or 30 restaurants. I mean, nobody does that shit. And I think that, that we did that in the fishing business. Mark Menendez, uh, Joe Thomas, Billy Lowen, uh, Gary, I was Gary's name. We flew in professional fishermen. We had our boat dealership. And we hosted fishing events at our store. Like nobody, like Gary Menendez or uh, Menendez, Mark Menendez lived down at Lake Barkley. He was a Bassmaster Classic big time guy. I would spend like 10 grand a year to be his friend. How do I sponsor you? I'll pay you to come to my store twice a year and give a seminar to 50 people. This guy's huge. He's coming to our store. Next thing you know, you know, we're the place to be. And I'm just kind of taking that same thing from a restaurant standpoint. If all of a sudden we have this ABR University, and all these people are coming. Well, guess who's the exclusive host of ABR University, the sponsor? Restaurant marketing that works. Oh, by the way, the whole first level, our podcast studio, the shared workspace, our company offices, all that cool trendy crap up there. You know, that's from restaurant marketing that works. And okay, you can do business with us. Love it. Love it. Great, great stuff. Um, Brandon says, uh, Matt's a wild man. I love it. Uh, Spirito says, uh, true inspiration. Love to see you making moves like this. Keep, keep crushing it, Matt. Let's, let's shift gears for just a second. I know we're almost up to, to our hour and I want to be respectful because you've got a big event happening right there that you need to be part of. Um, we talked about kind of the, the power of being in the niche and kind of how kind of shifting that focus helped to accelerate the growth. We talked about um, kind of some unique ways that you're getting your foot in the door and looking at things differently. Um, you know, you've got 300 plus restaurants, soon to be probably thousands. Um, talk a little bit about client retention and what, like, what are you doing to serve these clients and keep them on board as long as possible? So I did the numbers and up until June 1st, we have a 1.9% revenue loss this year. 1.98. Phenomenal. And my banker, I did the numbers, my banker who financed this vehicle I don't know what research he did, but he's like, Matt, your industry, you should be closer to 30 to 40% rent loss revenue at this point. And he's like, what are you All doing right. at 1.9? I said, you know, one, I can't take credit. I think it's the fact that I don't get involved as much in my team. We have account managers, account analysts. Uh, they do a good job. I think it's because we're sticky that if you're a restaurant in the middle of a time of need, the best thing you can do is talk to your customers. Well, who controls your database? Now, granted, they have access to it, but they don't know how to do it. And so it's, it's kind of like the person, you know, like my, my son up until six months ago, depended on my wife to get him everywhere. He couldn't piss mom off. He wanted to go to football, Gabe's or Abe's house, wanted to go to school, whatever. He couldn't piss. He wanted Chipotle before he knew what Uber Eats was, which was Jesus. That's killing me now. Cause now he, <laughs> he has a car and still orders Uber Eats. And by the way, 16 year old, seven year old kid the other day had a $24 Uber Eats order by himself. Now, granted, he's a D lineman and he's 250 pounds, but that's a different story. But he depended on my wife. He couldn't, him and my daughter, I saw this as my kids. I analyzed a lot of this stuff is that they depended on mom to get them everywhere. And when they wanted something higher level, like my wife always says, like, you got to talk to dad. When my daughter like wanted a Jeep when she was 16, like all of a sudden I was the greatest dad in the world for six months. And so I look at it from our clients the same way. How can we be as sticky as possible? You know, we can kick ass on the front end and over deliver. Like we do the welcome box. Now I've actually got a, my assistants mailing two welcome boxes out today. Uh, we have an entire line of apparel our, our, at our new location. We have a wall that says uh, get geared up and it has the MP logo. It's got t-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, sweatpants and shorts. And we do that kind of stuff. Uh, we are account managers and analysts. 
And I tell all of our clients, here's my cell phone. Granted, I don't do anything with any of your stuff, but if you need higher level advice and you can't get it hold of anybody, I'm your guy. Well, it never happens. Like once every two weeks, I get a phone call. Uh, our team does a great job of, of doing it. Uh, the content part has made us really sticky. We had less retention or worse retention. Not bad. We've never, we've never been over like probably seven or 8%, but we had worse retention when we did only acquisition because then they were, if they weren't using the email list, who gives a shit? Well, now we're using it for them. And like yesterday, we stopped by two clients yesterday, sweet taters in North Carolina and, and uh, Conover and crazy crab and Greensboro. And both of them raved about my account managers, raved about the content team. We use Facebook Workplace. Every every client has a workplace group and their content manager, uh, all five of my managers and their two dedicated managers and myself and my director of operations are in the group. And when they post something, they get responses. And when my team posts up, we have like pretty strict protocols in place that if like right now, what is it? June 22nd, July's content's already done. In a week, by the end of by July, by July 1st, Tanya, Lisa, their content team will be posting August. And our clients appreciate that it's not happening tomorrow. That it's, what do you need? Here's August. Here's the two things happening in August. The NFL season kicks off. Let's do something trendy with NFL if you're in the NFL network. And so I think that's why our retention is good. Uh, but I also think it's because you know, we provide high level services. I tell my clock, my employees, you know, over deliver, you know, when you need the credit card, like, you don't even have to ask me. I mean, if you, when I was cracking up one of the other days, like, Hey man, I want to do a contest with our employees uh, and my team. What do you think? I'm like, what do you think? What do you mean? I'm like, you've got the company credit card. I mean, if you want to spend a hundred bucks on your team, have fun. You want to spend 500. Have, if we spend a thousand, we might want to talk, but <laughs> you know, let's make them happy. Let's make our clients happy. Uh, you know, that's at the end of the day, I think that's what it comes down to. But account managers, I'll tell you what, account, to backtrack on that, like the biggest thing up until two years ago, Doug and myself, the salespeople basically, because I still sell, uh, we were the account managers and it's impossible. If you're selling, in my opinion, once you get to a certain level, it's impossible to keep up. Like right now we have, I think there's seven account managers and analysts and the analysts are a low, lower level. They're account managers and training. All they do is look at our dashboard and our data and give a once, they used to do four times a month. Now we're down to one because we found from clients it was overload. They have a once a month report that they do on Loom and they give it to the account manager. The account manager looks for negatives and hide highlights and then pops it up to the client. And then the client can schedule a call. Then they have a call with Scott or Luis. And then our content team kind of acts as that liaison as well. So good, good, great stuff. Matt, if people want to reach out to you, they want to learn more either about the restaurant stuff or just in general, they want to connect you. What's the best way? Somebody said on here, Matt, email me. I need your help. VA disabled veteran homeless training restaurant digital consultant. Okay. Well, shoot me an email. The easiest way to reach me is Matt at MattPlap.com. I will, I will say this, that I'm a lot less available than I used to be. Uh, probably one of the biggest mistakes I made three years ago that hindered my agency was I was too available to the agency side. I mean, it was Billy Jean and Mike Garcia kept telling me, dude, you got to get out of that. You're, you're hindering your growth. Uh, but I mean, if you easiest thing to do, and this isn't to say that because my shit's the greatest, but follow me on, follow me. I mean, I talk about everything. Uh, if you go to Matt Plapp on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, you'll see everything I do. Uh, there is no secret. You know, the secret at the end of the day with any business is find a reason like you know like my dad's always told me if you can sell you can help and so find out how people need help like my clients the restaurant space they need people to come back more often well, how do you get them to come back more often you invite them how do you invite them email text birthday retargeting well, how do we get that we get their information oh shit i don't know how to use it will you for you and so find a solution that fixes their problem uh and then at the end of the day like guy asked me the other day like oh i'm how do you close clients? How do you do this? I'm like, you're, you're probably, you know, if you're that new, just go out and shake hands and kiss babies, meet people, have conversations, quit selling. You know, my first year as an agency, I granted, I'll say this, I had $150,000 guarantee from the Reds and Bengals. So I was pretty fortunate when I started my agency that I didn't have to worry about not eating. But my first year to year and a half of my agency, I had no sales collateral. I had no sales pitch. I went in and said, 
what's working, what's not. I know marketing 10 times better than you. At the end of the day, it's pretty simple. We all probably do. How can I, how can I give you advice? Or like, what do you need? Like, maybe you don't need me. And we would just talk. And I never presented something if I didn't see a need. Mm. Great, great stuff, Matt. You know, congratulations on your growth. Um, practically speaking, if I were to boil this down for you guys, a couple of the key things that stuck out for me. Um, number one, if you're still thinking about, should I go niche or should I stay general? Um, you know, Matt's another great example. Choose a niche, position yourself as the expert, has experienced accelerated growth. Uh, number two, I would say, um, figure out ways to get live and in person with your clients and your prospects, right? All of us want to stay behind the phone. We want to stay on Zoom. You know, I've seen it time and time again, and Matt's a great example. Get to their location, get in front of them, get to where they are hanging out at events, at exhibits, at shows. That's going to create new opportunities for you that didn't exist. Uh, number three, look for joint venture opportunities. Find the people that are already selling to the people you want to do business with. Figure out ways to add value and lead with value in advance. That way, you know, you get with a Cisco, you get with a major association, they start to plug you into the client base instead of you going one-to-one. -one. Um, and then number four is think bigger. Right? You can see Matt's not thinking, how do I build a, you know, a six-figure income or how do I build a seven-figure? He's thinking really big. He's making big, massive moves. And I hope that that think bigger philosophy is starting to rub off on you as you listen to Matt's story here. Um, Matt, in close here, what else would you say up to that agency owner that's struggling and just trying to get things to the next level? You know, Gary V always talks about it that like, I, I never forget. I was listening to an interview of his a couple months ago and this girl was like uh, a lady. She's like, Hey, you know, I'm really struggling. Like I've been trying this thing out. I don't know if I'm, if it's meant for me, but is it going to happen? He goes, how long have you been doing it? She's like three months. He said, F you. She goes, what? He's like three months, come back in three years. You know? And I think that that's like, I saw, I think Christos, I think is on this webinar over in Greece. I want to say Christos shared something about Usain Bolt the other day that Usain Bolt trains for four years to run 9.7 seconds. I think too many of us want stuff quick. I'm, I'm bad at it. I want six vans tomorrow, but I know what it takes to get the six vans. Uh, I wanted one van the last three years. I didn't stop. Oh, don't don't try something for two, three, four months. Do it for two or three years. Do it for five years. Because, I mean, I'm from Kentucky. Colonel Sanders, there's notorious stories about Colonel Sanders. He was like 70 years old when he finally figured out what he was doing. And he did it for like 20 years of selling chicken at gas stations. I think too many people give up too quick. Shiny object syndrome. They constantly change. I've had every opportunity. I get, I literally, I've been told I'm a jackass by a lot of people in the marketing business because I don't want to do joint ventures with them. Like, oh, Matt, I got this online ordering. Oh, Matt, I got this mobile website. I've got, we don't do it. We do this. And like I told somebody, one of my clients that owns, I have one of our non-traditional clients owns a boat dealership. He was our first ever employee at our boat dealership back in the early 2000s. He's a client now and he's a good friend. And he's been a client since he opened his dealership 10 years ago. And he called me today and we're talking and he knows what I'm doing. He's like, dude, why don't you create that van concept for me so I can go do what you're doing in the fishing world? Because I'm tired of having employees. I want to go do what Matt Plaff's doing with the fishing world. I said, Sean, maybe in 10 years. What do you mean? I said, I got five to 10 years left before I'm even close to becoming known in this industry. When I cash out in 10 years for, for $100 million, Maybe I'll create you a fishing road trip like this. But I said, right now, I don't want to talk about anything else. It is how to acquire frequent customers for restaurants, period. Great stuff. Great, great insights. A lot of amens and preaches, and I needed this today. So, Matt, thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you're there at Cisco, you know, making things happen. Thanks for sharing. Really appreciate it. Cannot wait to see where you're at 12 months from now as we look back on this interview and kind of how this whole experiment plays out. Uh, so if you got value from today's session, be sure to look Matt up, follow him on YouTube, friend him, send him a personal message to thank him for sharing, and uh, be sure to cheer him on as he uh, continues to grow the business. And Josh, final thing. The only thing holding y'all back is yourself. I've got a quote that's on the back of my keychains for the car. And also everywhere I look at, it's from a song by Kid Quill. 
that says the hardest part about writing your story is knowing you're worth the ink. I remember when I met Billy Jean in 2016, I've always liked cars. I've always liked fancy shit. I have a problem buying stuff, but I had given up that I was ever going to get to a point where I could own something of that stature. Even though I made good money. I, I couldn't see it. And then Billy helped me see the vision better. And then Chris Patterson, now Josh Nelson, I was where everybody in this call was more than likely in the last three to five years. And you, it's scary. Like I was talking this morning about a conversation with a client that we will have a hundred million dollar business, one part of the business in five years. Thinking about that is like, wow, because I was thinking about a couple hundred grand a couple years ago, but the hardest part is knowing your worth thing. So believe in yourself. Love that. That's a great, a great quote to end on a great analogy. Matt, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for logging in, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you.